Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're talking about Kickstarter. We're talking about the Kickstarter expert program. We're talking to an actual bona fide title in hand Kickstarter expert, Mr. Daniel Zayas. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's it's going awesome, man. Really glad to have you. Now, I had never heard of the Kickstarter expert program. I mean, I didn't know that was a thing. You sent me an email last week and you, and one of the first sentences was like, Hey, my name's Daniel. I'm a Kickstarter expert. And my initial thought was, okay, cool. Like whatever. I'm an expert on college football. I mean, who cares? Like, like we can claim whatever I'm an expert in whatever I want to be in and cool green hats or whatever it is. Yep. But this is a real thing. <laughs> Kickstarter expert program is a real thing. And I'm really excited to kind of hear about it. Cause I had no idea what it was. And I feel like a lot of listeners on, you know, listeners to the show have no idea either. Uh, but before we get into that, tell me a little bit about you. Give me, you know, your background, your quick bio, how you got into gaming, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I got into gaming much like you expect a lot of people did, playing uh, games like Puerto Rico and Catan and all that uh, for a long while. Uh, that led to um, starting a community game night, which then led to playing a lot of new games coming out. Uh, that led to blogging. Uh, I started a blog called the Meeple Mechanic, uh, where I would my my goal in that was to find the the objective perfect campaign and then judge based on this like made up rubric of what is the best campaign out there each week. Uh, and, and they would get points based on specific things like they have a how to play video or they have a rule book or they have third party reviews or they have all sorts of things, artwork displayed, right? Uh, things that you, ex that you come to almost like guaranteed expect on a campaign launching today. Um, and it wasn't like that about two years ago, you would have these blank, you know, text wall walls of text campaigns. Uh, and, and it got to the point where people were actually seeking that out. I used Jamie Stegmeier, uh, his, his blog, as well as, uh, James Matthew and, and, um, and Richard Bliss and all that. Uh, and the, I've actually, I actually consulted with them in creating the rubric and they're like, yeah, you're, you're on, you're on the right track for what is necessary in a campaign. And I did that for a while. I still do that. The the uh, the rubric has evolved over time to now being a very, you know, I know it when I see it sort of deal. So I do still list the top 10 campaigns each week. Um, but it's evolved to be my my own personal pet project. Um, you're forgiven for any Kickstarter expert uh, uh, lack of knowledge because it's a brand new program. Um, it, I, I, I only heard about it probably... Uh, a month, a month and a half ago or something. And uh, the actual Kickstarter employees were, were going into these Facebook groups that I admin and they were, you know, soliciting saying, Hey, we've got this program. If you think you're the right fit, then go ahead and apply for it. Um, and so I did. And it was a, after that, it was a fairly intensive selection process and they, they have ended up picking me as one of the experts. 
Yeah, it's awesome. So what are some of the games you've worked with for this program? We're going to get into the details, but just give me some ideas of some of the games you've you've been a part of. Sure. So in the time that I was blogging, I actually ended up – I'm now the uh, marketing director for Eagle Griffin Games. So, uh, yeah, so I uh, am now doing that. So I've worked with those campaigns, you know, hands-on from concept to finish. Um, Since then, I've worked with a lot of campaigns unofficially – Right. So I've done I've worked with a lot of people like <laughs> we're talking about every time a campaign was listed over the last two or three years. And we're talking about 10 campaigns a week. I uh, reached out to the creators and talked to them about what they're doing, what they could be doing better, uh, built up this really, really large network of of people who were creating things on Kickstarter. Um, so I've unofficially helped a ton of campaigns. I can't count them, but officially I have, I'm, I have about, uh, what is it? I have eight clients right now who I'm helping through the Kickstarter expert program. Yeah. Uh, and they're all at different stages of the, their, their Kickstarter campaign. Gotcha. So just give me a synopsis. Tell me what the Kickstarter uh, expert program is. Sure. So if you think about it, like Kickstarter, Kickstarter as a platform is still a business and they're trying to, you know, have people succeed as much as possible. Well, how do you succeed on Kickstarter? Uh, You need to either do a lot, a lot of research, like read every blog post from from, you know, James Matthew and Jamie Stegmaier and all and all, you know, listen to podcasts like yours uh, and, and do like a year's worth of research. Right. At least. Just, just to be in the ballpark of being comfortable with, with doing this sort of uh, self-publishing. However, a lot of people don't necessarily do that and make a lot of mistakes along the way, sometimes leading to them not funding, right? Yeah. So, or even worse, they're solicited by these um, marketers via their comment system, and it's it's spam for the most part, right? Uh, and Sometimes they get taken advantage of and then they they end up spending money on something that wouldn't benefit them uh, and they still fail. Right. Uh, so so the idea behind this Kickstarter Experts program is to both uh, help campaigns uh, fund as well as almost stop the onslaught of this people getting taken advantage of via the spam commenters offering them the moon, right? Yeah. Uh, so what it is really is it's a listing. You go to kickstarterexperts.com slash uh, kickstarter.com slash experts. Sorry. And uh, you'll when you go to that page, you'll see that there is a listing of about 15, 20 people right now. Um, again, the program's just started. Um, a lot of these people are, you know, one size fits all. They just they understand uh, crowdfunding and they um, they can help you with storytelling or 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 planning or uh, manufacturing to make sure your prices are right um there's some that list games as one of their things that they do right but uh i'm the only one on there on the list so far that is tabletop game expert uh but it's essentially it's a listing of uh consultants that you can hire uh, to manage your campaign to any extent that you're comfortable with. Gotcha. And and I love the way you put it. You know, Kickstarter is a business. Sometimes I think we forget that. They're not doing this just out of the goodness of their hearts because they love us. That's That sure. might be a little bit, but they're in it to make money just like 
anyone else in business. And so this is a great way for them to help their bottom line just as much as it's going to help other people. Because like you're saying, I've, I've had so many people I've talked to and they, and they ask me, they say, well, hey, this, this person who claims to be from this marketing company or whatever says that they can get my project out there in front of, you know, get 10,000 views or whatever it is if I just pay this low, low price right now, you know. And it's like, yeah. don't do that. That's... That's, no. that's not going to work. But this is this is Kickstarter's way of saying, okay, that's bad. Let's introduce a good way to do it, a good vetted group of people that we that we know are going to do a good job and are are not going to take your money. So let's but let's talk about that. How does Kickstarter vet these experts? How do they select these people? So it's a fairly you know in depth process. So essentially, what happens is after I send in an application, it, within the actual application, I have to list a bunch of campaigns that I've worked with and helped along the way. Uh, but not just campaigns that have funded. You can't just pick the people who you know love you for right. helping them fund. You actually have to list some people who haven't funded and the and who you have helped. Right. Right. So. Kickstarter then reaches out to these people uh, and asks them, hey, like, what benefit did Daniel do for your campaign? And and ask them a series of questions related to that. And uh, they'll hopefully be honest about what happened. And um, I I got good marks across the board, I guess, from the people who who uh, who did that. They also asked me, you know, a, a large series of questions in terms of the follow up uh like a follow-up interview, they wanted to ask me about like, hey, what do you actually do and how do you help people fund campaigns? And I had to like, l- you know, list it through like getting requests for quotes uh, and using, you know, different versions of the game that you want to make to have an accurate MSRP to then put on Kickstarter. And then you start with the actual campaign, right? So like all of these uh, in-depth things that, publishers deal with every day, right? When they're building their campaign, but a newcomer, um, I mean, not every newcomer has read, you know, Jamie Stegmaier's blog, right. Uh, and not every newcomer, um, is interested in learning the ins and outs of why they fund. They just want to make a thing. Uh, and so that's where I come in to help them do that. Yeah. Okay. So you really just went through a job interview process, but you're not paid by Kickstarter. Like Kickstarter doesn't pay you a salary or anything like that, right? They do not. No. Yeah, because I was reading. You only you you guys as experts, you only get paid if a if a, a project funds, correct? So it's all or nothing for you as well. So I don't think that's the the way it goes for some of the consultants. Okay. Um, there there's a lot of consultants out there who are just they're marketers by profession, and they will collect their fee and uh and you know hope for the best along with you. Uh, another, one of the benefits I think I'm adding to it is I don't want to be paid until we fund together. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a personal decision I made, uh, to, to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, you know, take anyone's money for not having funded. Um, I am going to be pushing for the relaunch when, <laughs> when we don't fund, but, and, and, yeah. you know, analyze why we didn't fund and all the other stuff. But yeah, I, I, I think it's, it it depends on the on the expert. Oh, okay, I got you. Well, it makes a lot of sense. It gives it gives you as much incentive as me for both of us to fund, for both of us to work as hard as we can, because neither right. one of us are going to make any money or get to do what we want to do if it doesn't work out. And that makes sense to me. So, so are you saying before you start doing this, you were like, if I wanted to become an expert, 
should I, right. you know, the Kickstarter expert, not just an expert because I say I am, right? Should I right. just go ahead and start helping people first kind of for free, like on the side consulting and then maybe get paid here and there? Or what would be your advice to somebody who's maybe wanting to become an expert or get in this program? Sure. If someone wants to become an expert, it's just as easy as applying the same way I did. However, you have a much better chance at becoming a Kickstarter expert if you have helped campaigns already. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the main questions they ask you. So uh, whether that's paid or not, um, whatever a, a crowdfunder, potential publisher uh, is willing to take a risk on you being a, a part of the campaign or as an unofficial uh, consultant who isn't getting paid, just, you know, getting your, uh, you know, getting your stripes, uh, then you can, um, I would just help as many people as possible. Right. Yeah. That's just, the, that's, that's really the way it is. Um, that's how it is just for people who are, uh, reviewers of Kickstarter games or, uh, who are, you know, any media thing they just help people and, and it comes back around. Yeah. It's a great point. You know, I was reading a blog post a while back about a guy, uh, who, he specialized in basically helping authors do different things. And he said the way he would introduce himself to authors is he would send them an email with different things about their websites that needed work. And he would say, Hey, this, this, and this is broken or messed up. I can help you do that. And I'll do it for free. And the author sends it yeah. like, why, why would you do this for free? And it's like, well, you know, this is like, I feel like if I do a really good job with this, then down the road, you're going to want to hire me for this other thing that is my business, that is my company. It's like, okay, that, make, that makes sense. And he was doing very, very well. But the way he got started was just saying, hey, I'll do this for free. I'm, I'm good at it. I can help you. And then that came back around. And so if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I, I know Kickstarter. I can help people. Well, just maybe start helping out for free or just for money here and there. And that's hopefully probably going to lead into something better as long as you do a great job, right? As long as you're actually helping right. people and, and right. giving them value. And so – Tell me what I would gain, right? If I work with you or just one of the other experts, what what does my project potentially gain? Like, how are you going to help me specifically? So it really depends on where I actually get added to the project. There's campaigns that are like running at the time and they're like, hey, can you help me out? And I'm like, probably not, but, <laughs> you know, let's talk and add me to the campaign now and maybe we'll do a relaunch. Uh, you know, I'll help you out for this time period now, not really expecting it to fund. Yeah. Um, but if we do, you know, even more the merrier, right? If I'm added to a campaign early enough, the way it happens, uh, the way, I, the way I actually add value to the campaign is such that I'm helping them with the RFQs. Uh, that's essentially what is in your game. How can we limit it to the minimum viable product? you know, the, the easiest to fund product. And then let's see what we can do with stretch goals if we super fund. Right. right. Um, but let's get it down to the actual core product so that you can have a funded campaign. Uh, this is usually the first one or second one that they've done and they're not necessarily, you know, experts in whittling that down. So I help them whittle down the gameplay to the point where it's, you know, a core product. Uh, after that, the actual campaign, the actual Kickstarter story, um, there's a lot of best practices that are, you know, almost absorbed through osmosis by looking at these campaigns. I look at every single Kickstarter campaign that goes online, uh, and I have for the last two to three years. So yeah. every single Kickstarter campaign, I, I see it, I scroll through it and I absorb whatever I can from, from what it is. Uh, 
what that's helped me do is now I can see, okay, these guys who successfully fund, maybe it's their first or second campaign and who make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, the reason is because XYZ within the campaign itself, uh, not to mention the fact that being in the industry, I go to these you know, trade shows and events. I see them there marketing this product that will soon to be launched on Kickstarter. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that a newcomer would not understand just from wanting to publish a board game on Kickstarter uh, that that will build your core audience and help you, you know, fund on the first day and then, you know, go on to stretch goals. Right. I feel like there's a lot of nuance to things now, because like you're saying, there are a lot of projects and a lot of them look really good, you know, and there's yeah. only so much money to go around. You know, people are only going to have so much money to spend on different Kickstarter projects. And so you really kind of have to stand out uh, to get noticed and to get funded. So what give me some ideas on what I can do to stand out. Give me give me some of your expert general sure. advice right now. If I'm about to launch a Kickstarter, what would you tell me based on what you're saying? Just as a perspective, there's 246 live campaigns right now. That's crazy. On Kickstarter, there are 246 live campaigns. Just board and that's games? that's who you're competing with. Just tabletop games. Just tabletop games. That's nuts. Just tabletop games. Yeah. Yep. And th- those are the people who you're competing with for dollars, right? Right. Uh, what, here's here's a, a tidbit of knowledge that not every Kickstarter campaign uh, knows how to do efficiently. And it's teaching the people who come to your page – how to play the game uh, while also showing off the artwork. Yeah. Uh, and I'll name a few examples of people who do this really, really well, who, who did this really, really well. Um, you could say uh, the Grim Forest, which recently funded uh, that one. If you, you can actually scroll through that campaign and see how the publisher had little bite-sized chunks of information graphically displayed in beautiful GIFs or GIFs, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and as you scroll through the through the campaign, you actually learn the game as if your friend were teaching it to you. And that was intentional. That was 100% intentional. Um, before the Grim Forest, you can look to Unfair, uh, and, and that was, which was another, another really, really successful campaign. And they did the same exact thing. You can scroll through it, and if you know what you're looking for, you can see that... As you scroll through the campaign, every screen as you scroll through is going to teach you about the game while also showing off the art of the game. And that is something that is very foreign to people for some reason that you want if you like the best case scenario for someone backing your campaign is that they've played it already and they want to buy it. Right. Right. That isn't necessarily realistic for most first-time publishers, right? To be at every single convention that ever existed and 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 have everyone play it, and then you know get all those thousands of people onto your campaign who want to buy it. Yeah. Uh, so barring uh, going to every convention and having people play it, you need to augment that experience via the scroll in the campaign itself. So that is my tidbit of knowledge for new new backers or new new publishers. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense because basically a lot of people don't get this either. You're telling a story from top to bottom mm-hmm. of that Kickstarter campaign page. That is a story from the video, the two-minute, whatever, hopefully not crazy long, video at the top all the way to the right. risks and challenges at the bottom. It should be in some form a story, not necessarily once upon a time, but I feel like a lot of people, they just th- they just vomit out information, and it's just like – kind of discombobulated and it doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't flow. But like what you're saying, I really like this. I've never really thought, I never thought about it. 
teach people how to play as they scroll down that page and show them why yeah. the game is awesome. Show them how good the art looks and all that kind of thing. Uh, and by the time they get to the end, they go, yeah, I want, I want this game. And it makes a yep. lot of sense. Yeah. You make them feel comfortable that it's a playable game. Yep. Uh, when, after they scroll through the, the actual uh, gameplay that you've explained uh, very sufficiently, you will hit them with the, okay, well, if that wasn't enough, here's a full on gameplay video. Yep. Oh, and if that wasn't enough, here's, you know, three or four trusted reviewers you've already heard of. Right. And if that wasn't enough, by the way, shipping is free uh, or included, right? Yeah. For us backers. And by the way, uh, we're also going to be working with a bunch of fulfillment partners and make sure that this is EU friendly and all this other nonsense. Right. So, uh, I also, uh, because you mentioned it, I usually advise people to don't make a video over uh, 60 seconds. Oh, wow. uh, there's reasons for that outside of Kickstarter. Uh, you can reuse that video in Facebook advertising and all that other stuff, which I also help with. But yeah. uh, you, do, you don't want it to go over 60 seconds for the most part. Gotcha. You heard it here from an expert. So another thing, people, <laughs> like as you're, as you're having people scroll down that page, like you're saying, it's building trust, building trust, building trust. Yes. Because I buy stuff from people generally that I trust. You know, like if somebody just knocks on my door and they say, hey, I got this thing, you want to buy it? It's like, did you steal this? Where did this, you know, like, who are you? Why are you at my house? Right, right. But if it's somebody I know, I've maybe worked with them before or for whatever reason, I trust them. I am so much more likely to buy whatever they're trying to sell me because I don't think they're trying to get one over on me. And so any, any other advice from an expert about like how to build trust or, or different things maybe you've helped people with as far as building trust on their pages? Uh, building trust nowadays, it can be augmented through social media interactions, right? Uh, so what I would usually recommend that people do is um, actually create a community around your game, right? So this is, has to be done well in advance, but uh, there is there are so many Facebook group resources that you can rely on, uh, like the um, board game, what is it? The Board Game Designers Guild. Yep. Uh, there's also the uh, board game spotlight. There's I admin like about 20 to 30 different Facebook groups, but there's so many resources on here that you can look to uh, to develop the product in the first place. And in developing the product and asking questions, you're going to build trust because people are going to know who you are just via your group interactions, right? right? But also I would recommend that you actually create a Facebook group for your games. Jamie Stegmaier recently started doing this. Um, he created a Facebook group for every single game. You can find a Scythe the Board Game Facebook group. You can find a, you know, a, a Charterstone that's not even out yet, and there's a Facebook group for it just to build anticipation. And it really does help gauge the interest too. Uh, so I would recommend that people, you know, outside of going to every single convention, I, they should go and get some convention time. There should be that experience as well. And building uh, potentially an email list through that convention of people who are ready to back on day one. Yeah. Um, but you can uh, you can still augment that through fa a Facebook group, just talking about the game and yeah. showing off the art that's that's up upcoming. So yeah, that's a great idea. Now, is there anything that you would suggest that I never do? Like never do this on your Kickstarter page or with your campaign, anything like that? Yeah, um, it's getting to the point now uh, where it's not. It's it's more so like public perception, right? So not everybody hates. Um, there's there's like a few, few like faux pas that are still in existence with Kickstarter. One of them is early bird, right? If yeah. you have an early bird, 
uh, it's kind of counterintuitive because you think, oh, well, I'm going to get a lead on all of these all of these backers who are going to jump on it day one because they're going to get the early bird. And then I'll get, you know, halfway funded and I'll, and I'll look really good to people who are coming to the campaign later. Right. It's, it's not, that's kind of a false thought because if the people who are there on day one to back you are going to back you at full price. Right. Guaranteed. Right. The people who are are already sold on the game are going to back it. And even if it's like $5 off, the people who are coming to the campaign later are going to think I didn't get the deal. I was on the fence and I'm not going to back this now. Yeah. So it's a false, it's a false uh, notion that, that early birds help. Uh, And yes, you will see like, yeah, you maybe sold out of all your early birds on day one and that's great. But when you look at the amount of money that you could have made without any early bird, I would I would bet that you could have made a lot more money uh, charging that extra five dollars for the first hundred backers. Right. Yeah. Uh, And then relying on your word of mouth and your other advertising outlets to build up the rest of the campaign. Yeah, it's a great point. The people on the first day, they already knew about your game. They were already part of your email list or part of your Facebook group or whatever. They're already sitting on G waiting on O. And so, okay, I'm all, I'm all for giving them something special. Like, thank you for being part of the community. Thank you for being part of day one. But what, what's something I could give them that wouldn't necessarily be an early bird that I could give somebody just to say, thank you for being part of it early. So there's a lot of people who are playing with this right now. Uh, There's, uh, there's a lot of trusted voices in the, in the community who are actually uh, testing out different stuff. Right. So um, you can go from, uh, cool mini or not who used to do an early bird on every campaign recently ended that and they just stopped doing it right and they said everyone gets the same game it's all awesome yeah. you're gonna get everyone's gonna get exclusives everybody's special right right then you have uh i'm not sure if mayday is still doing this but mayday games did this thing where they would have um early bird segments uh within the pledges right so you have a pledge for the first 300 people to back and then the next 300 people to back and then uh, that would be how fast you got your game when fulfillment time came around. Okay. The first 300 people would get their game first, and then maybe the next week you'd do another shipment. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that was that was fine. It was probably just a more of a managerial thing for Mayday to take take on after the fact. I don't think it got any like bad press or anything like that. Um, there's another uh, there's another group of thought where you can do uh, a launch event on Kickstarter, right? So with even within the Facebook group that you create, you can do an event for that group and do a bunch of giveaways, right? So you can do a bunch of giveaways on the day of the event and all they have to do is like, I don't know, use gleam.io is, is a popular platform for that. But they do giveaways throughout the whole the whole day of the first day, right? Yeah. And that'll, that's, that's rewarding the people who have been with you in the community for for the whole development process. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned a moment ago talking about timelines. Tell me, tell me kind of what my timeline just in general should be as far as like how far out I should really start building up community, building up people excited about the game. And at what point should I look in maybe hiring an expert or at least thinking about it? Cause like once, once my game is about to not fund, it's got three days left and I'm 20 grand away from, it's not time to call Daniel. Right. So when, when should no. I, I ask an expert to come in, consult and help me with the project as well? I actually don't mind those, those phone calls either, but uh, because then we're, we're talking about, okay, well, how can we relaunch. benefit the relaunch? Yeah. What, what, how can we keep up the hype right. past this failing to, to then 
have a great first day on relaunch day. Right. But I want to fund the first time. So what should I yeah. do <laughs> leading up to it? Yeah. As early as possible is my preferred, you know, answer. However, uh, by the time you finalize the game to the point where, uh, it's not undergoing so much play testing that it's going to monumentally change yeah. the components. Right. So, there's playtesting that go on even during a Kickstarter campaign, honestly, for a lot of games. Yeah. A lot of development that goes on. However, uh, those playtesting sessions are not to the point where they're going to change all of the components right. that you've already solicited an RFQ for and have based an MSRP on, right? So as long as you're at a point where the game is finalized and you know within a, a few cards or a few comp- components that it's going to be a finalized game – uh, that's usually the best case when uh, you want to contact a Kickstarter expert and 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 every Kickstarter expert. This is my my case is I want to be as early as possible, right? Yeah. Uh, even if you haven't finished the the components and playtesting, it's more so. Hey, uh, I want to you know revert reserve you for the future and let's talk about how I can better playtest this game, right? And and uh, and finish that. I usually have you know some anecdotal advice for that, but. Uh, I usually don't come on to a project until they've created a a Kickstarter skeleton of sorts and they're ready to start building the campaign and soliciting uh, manufacturers. Gotcha. So like they're not hiring you to build the campaign, to build the project page and to do all that stuff. Like kind of give me more specifics as far as like what you do. Like if, if I have a game, I'm working on it. Sure. Like you come in, you consult and all that, but like you're not, you're not typing out the words in, in for my campaign are you or are you going that far no i'm i'm kind of like the uh the buzzing in the ear right okay. so i'm i'm kind of like uh a soundboard for for things that they're considering uh things that i know work and and uh ways to uh as an example i worked with um bridges to nowhere which is on kickstarter right now and i was able to help build their campaign and one of the speed bumps, it always comes up, but one of the speed bumps was how do we teach the game to people, right? So that thing I was telling you about earlier where you're graphically showing. Yeah. And you know, you can go to the, the Bridges to Nowhere campaign right now and you'll see the, what we worked on for, for uh, getting that across, for how you teach someone a game. And at first, it wasn't that good, right? It wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't doing the job that we were trying to get it to do. And so I would just – I had them teach me the game. Uh, you know, just so they can hear themselves say it, right? Yeah. Or, or hear them, or I guess we were typing it at the time, but hear themselves, you know, teach someone the game in, in you know, layman's terms, and then using that to build the actual campaign. So it's a lot of massaging it into a good campaign, right? Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of just, uh, I know what works and let's talk about your game and how it fits into that. Yeah. It's just kind of like trying to go from good to great. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes it doesn't start at good either. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to great from wherever you start. From. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So going back to the question earlier, um, at what point should I really start trying to build up community, build up people that are excited about the game? Give me just a general timeline idea on that. So in general, um, here's what the big publishers do. Okay. Uh, close to a year out, they will announce the name of a game. Right. And in announcing the name of the game, they also have a 
uh, almost like a logo teaser, right? Um, Lisboa did this a year ago um, before before we launched that one. And then also uh, you could look at anything uh, Stonemeyer Games does. It's always on BGG. There's a BGG listing a year out at least. And when they do the listing, they immediately have some artwork, like some teaser of a logo with, you know, it was in, for Charterstone, for instance, it was the logo of Charterstone with the hot air balloon looking thing on, over the hills, right? Yeah. And that was their image to tease that this thing is going to be made. So the big guys, this is what they do. And you can copy that, right? As a first time publisher, you can say, I know I'm going to make this game. I don't need to launch today. That's uh, Jamie Stegmeyer's number one rule is you don't need to launch today. Yep. Uh, but you can tease it a year out. And then from there, build that community saying, and then as you, I would say you'd be contracting artwork within that time, right? So after the year uh, out, maybe within six months, you've started releasing artwork, building hype for the game, leading up to when you actually launch. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I'm going to say a year out as a short answer to that long answer. Well, cool, man. Were any, any other advice, any general things or any, anything else you just want people to know about the expert program? So I don't know this, that this, you know, this one podcast is going to save the world, right? But the uh, there is there's still a lot of people who come into the Facebook groups and say, "Hey, I've been contacted by this person, this marketer, yeah. who says that they can help me fund." You know, they're in their mid campaign at this point. Right. I would say that uh, you should report them to Kickstarter because Kickstarter handles that. They acknowledge it's a problem and they and they. And you, if you report them, it, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Uh, and then also look at um, potentially adding a expert to your kicks, future Kickstarter campaign. And um, yeah, because we're here to help. So yeah, and I would say at least entertain the idea. Like if anybody listening is, you got a Kickstarter coming up, you're planning on one, or you're just curious and you want to know, what is it? Kickstarter.com/expert. Yeah. Kickstarter.com slash experts, plural. Okay, plural. There you go. Go check it out. It's, I, I was looking at the page earlier today, and it's just got all the details laid out. You can search. You can look at all the different experts that are available right now. They each have websites you can go to. You can check out stuff they've worked on. You can go to Daniel's page and see all the different things he's worked on. Just check it out. But again, yeah, if somebody says, hey, for this low, low price, I'll make sure you get this many views or I'll push this many backers, whatever, just maybe don't trust that. Because there, there's a reason no. they're contacting you in the comments of your fledgling, not funded yet campaign. Like there's a reason they're using that tactic. And so just kind of be aware and, and uh, yeah, just give the experts a try. Because, you know, based on your track record, based on the games you've worked on, you're doing pretty well. You've helped a lot of people uh, fund and get their projects into reality. So that's my that's my uh, hobby, honestly, is just to, to help creators you know and i also help creators on the the reviewer side too i admin the board game reviewers group and help them get up to snuff right and they and everyone starts somewhere so yeah absolutely well cool man well we're about to go into a uh, bonus round i want to get your thoughts on what kickstarter can add what features they could add that would make the platform better make the site work better Uh, just some different ideas things you'd like to see in the future we're going to do that over in the bonus round. And so, Daniel, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with all the projects you're working on, all eight of them at the moment. I hope they all find. I hope they all do really, really well. And uh, have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. 
And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?